Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. Peter, how's it going? I'm here. I'm holding on for spring, hoping it's coming, but otherwise things are going swimmingly. How are you doing? Doing all right. Yeah, we are we are back in Canada, kind of the last uh, push of winter here. So we are getting in a little bit of that winter running, riding, indoor training time. And you know what? It's not bad. This is where you say it's a trap and you actually still have uh, about two months to go. So. It's true, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we keep saying it's going to end this week, but I don't think that's, that's accurate. But it is good to be home. It's nice to, uh, you know, we talk often about the like, concept of the daily training environment versus going away for training camps and there's definitely pros and cons to both right like we've done whole episodes on training camps and certainly we were away and we were working too so there's obviously issues that come up with that when trying to also train but i think there is something to be said for even though the weather is not super optimal here being back in our own home kind of being able to set up our full routines and kind of get back to back to that is really nice and it does sort of relate to today's couple of questions we have uh, because, you know, the, the other thing with training camps that I sometimes struggle with is most of us only have so many t- how much, so much time to train, so many hours in the week, and then we go away on camp and we have to do a lot. So the I, other th- I would put out, like, there were quotation marks yes, around have yes, to. Yes, you, because you're away, now you have to do 30 hours, but when you're at home, you know, if you looked back over the historical, you know, average the last few months, maybe you did five hours or, or six hours or eight hours, right? Like, these are pretty common for working people uh, with families and, and, you know, adult life. So it, it is tough because all of a sudden you're doing a lot and this has risk with it and, and may not be effective, right? It might be that fire hose effect where, you know, to get a little better, you might just need to stay at home from work for a week have a staycation and do 12 hours or double even right say do 13 hours but you could do that on the trainer if you only had to do it for a week or you know hopefully you could do other things outside a little bit because you have all time to clean up your bike and get dressed and all this right so a lot of times especially in the spring here in uh canada we're, we're able to you know you could probably do a staycation that was effective training right right yeah yeah so just just some good food for thought especially if you've been feeling a little like you've you've wanted to get away on a training camp and you just yeah. can't. Yeah. yeah, I think this is really the message for the people that can't, right? If you're going away, then enjoy it and, you know, get your tan and everything else. Enjoy that. But uh, yeah, it's definitely for the rest of us to stay home and enjoy the staycation. Exactly. Okay, so we had a couple questions sort of around our last episode on TSS that we put out a couple weeks ago. A lot of people, a lot of people got back to us That's on that. And t- TSS, what is it good for? very nice dear uh you could have been a rock star but anyway um peter's peter's rock star tendencies aside here uh yeah a lot of people seem to really enjoy that episode and it kind of demystified the concept of tss training stress score for a lot of people but we did get some follow-up questions and i was gonna say i probably confused it as well it's one of these things once you understand one there's about 15 others you need to try and figure out so yeah and so i mean one of the questions we kind of tried to answer was like the what should my tss be and obviously the answer was very much it depends uh go back and listen if you want to hear more on that but i think one of the questions that kind of came up after that is you know, consistency is one of our our core tenets. It's one of our four C's of being a consummate athlete, consistency, community, confidence, and cross-training. 
But consistency can be kind of confusing, especially when it relates to any kind of number-based thing like TSS. So you've had a lot of clients who, you know, in the past have aimed for that weekly TSS score staying the same. Even if every workout isn't exactly the same, they want that weekly TSS to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of leads to this question of what exactly is a like, good or correct training consistency because for for a new cyclist or even plenty of longtime cyclists we think of consistency as i do the same thing day in day out every day is the same thing but you know we know from just looking at any training plan doing the same thing day in day out is not right, gonna right. it's only gonna get you so but far but then you have to yeah there's like variety is the spice of life or something right and uh yeah it's tricky right because the averages are misleading if you if you look at an average for the year or, or you look at an average for a week you, you could be led to think that ev- you know you know boil this down to days but that's not usually how it works if you think about base phase there's usually the bigger hours of the year so the bigger weeks of the year so the bigger tss weeks of the year uh are you know during a base phase which may not even apply to a master cyclist who only has five to eight hours every single week of the year except for when their family goes on vacation so there's there's some of these ideas that are sort of hard to boil down to individual units and that's again that's where the the art of training or coaching uh you know sort of meshes with the science i guess um but yeah i guess on the simplest level the week if you think about it from hours you're probably going to have a day off you're probably going to have a long ride and then you're probably going to have a harder ride Uh, So you might have like a zero hour, a one hour interval workout. And then maybe on the weekend, you can get out and do three hours. And that might be for our eight hour person, right? And then there obviously be a few other rides in there. But you can see how there's like from zero to three hours, say, for someone who does eight hours a week. And that is consistency. Like that's consistent training. Well, it is if they come back next week and they do it again. And then the next week and then the next week. Yeah. Right. But my point is that's not one hour a day one hour a day one hour a day one hour a day mm-hmm. you're you have this like training plan and to me actually what i was saying before we started recording is to me consistency as a cyclist or as an athlete is f- consistency is following your training plan not doing something every day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um well and we look at our goal setting you know we steal from dan john on this as we do with lots of things and, and his five by two and, and you know the big concept with that is what is the goal for two weeks you know what is the goal for two years what is the goal for two decades you know where do you want to be uh, and i always say you know for especially for youth sometimes this is easier to sort of understand uh, but i think it applies to adults is you know one of the best ways to ensure that you're in the the pool uh, you know, for the Olympics or whatever it is that the dream is, you know, you have to be here in two decades. If oh, you're not here sorry, in two decades. Sorry, when you said Olympic pool, I thought you meant like literally in the pool. Well, if we're talking about swimmers, sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, I guess in swimming, maybe you couldn't make these analogies, uh, or maybe you can. No, it'd be really confusing. Yeah. You're in the pool, but you're not in the pool. Yeah, hopefully that makes sense, right? Like, it, it's not, there's more to, you know, being the best than simply being here. But this is, you know, three of our, our tenets of training is, you know, one of them is 90% of life is showing up, which again, you could assume means every single day, uh, I should do the same thing. But really, or, or nine out of 10 days. Sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's a good rule. Uh, but it is it is that idea that you need to keep showing up. And that's sometimes the catch is I almost wish that it was like, you know, we don't even say 90% of life is keep showing up. You know, maybe that would be a good adjustment to it. Uh, because if the person who's not here, you know, this is like a race, right? The person who's there at the beginning of the race and then you never see them again, you know, they, they survive the first five minutes, but lots of people can do that. 
it's 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 all the minutes afterwards uh that that end up mattering right yeah and i think that's where a lot of people get in trouble especially as they start ramping up their training is this more 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 part of consistency right they think being consistent means adding the extra workouts doing the extra ride adding the extra hours because they're consistently increasing or they're staying consistent with you know last week was a 20 hour so this week has to be as well right which is that linear gains we assume that you know when we're a beginner you were saying this to start and probably you know a beginner you know we're trying to get that routine of training we're trying to really go off of that frequency i always say when you start you just need to do it more often like practice the skill more often so you could go for a 10 minute ride if, you, if you've never ridden before you do a 10 minute ride you're getting fitter and then if you do you know two of those or three of those or four of those that's that's linear gains it's going to Every time you ride, you're probably getting noticeably better at bicycle riding. You, you couldn't even balance the first time. And then, you know, there you go. You're balancing. You just got, you know, 100% better. Uh, that that obviously tails off, right? You know, until you're an Olympian and, you know, you spend a whole year trying to get half a percent better, right? Trying to find that little tiny sliver of improved performance and, you know, more out of your body, whatever. Uh, and so that's the nature of sports. So that, that's a tricky bit. And so with training, you have to move then once you're into that intermediate phase, we say, you know, the volume becomes important and then the advanced, you know, the intensity, how hard you train or, or not every day becomes more important. And so that's, that's sort of the rough framework we, we use. Uh, but I think that's what, what tells you, you know, what is consist consistency for you then is, you know, are you doing those, those sort of elements uh, that are important to you right now are you doing those consistently right like over the over the years the months yeah and i think when it comes to the the daily basis for consistency i think that's actually where more of that like mobility and like a little bit of core or walking come in as like the daily mm -hmm. things we should be consistent about i was thinking about this uh, as we were you know prepping for this episode i used to you know take one yoga class a week and it was a, 90 minutes a week it was usually like a hot yoga class and every week i'd you know go in be very very tight be very very sore at the end of it right and it didn't really do much for me because hitting yoga once a week turns out does not make you more flexible or mobile it just makes you a little sore after you're pushing yourself through it but doing the like 10 minutes of yoga every morning like that's the consistency that's actually made me much more like mobile flexible mm -hmm. like, over the years same with strength right like hitting the gym once a month did not really do much uh you know even if i was there for two hours but doing strength twice a week for 15 20 minutes right. has made a right. huge like huge difference and that's that's i think where the consistency thing can really come in as more of those like daily habits. I think, yeah, especially if you're someone who needs to have, you know, if we're struggling with the routine of training, um, you know, that, that might be even your one hour yoga class, maybe that's what someone needs to do is, you know, they could set the goal for themselves to, to ever for an hour every day, at least I'm going to move. And, and then that can include walking or yoga. And I, I think that's an okay way to go about it. Uh, some of us, you know, again, when you get into that advanced, often this is the limiter is they keep they, you know, as if I'm not included in this, keep focusing on on the volume or working hard. But the, the trick with that intensity discipline for these advanced, you know, elite athletes is there needs to be days where you probably are laying on the couch. There needs to be probably weeks, if not months, where you're not, you know, doing the thing. And that's that's the tricky bit for the advanced athlete, especially, you know, if, if you fancy yourself an advanced athlete, this is the responsibility, right? Uh, is that there's probably pretty lazy days in there where, you know, even yoga, you, why? Because on the Sunday, you probably went quite deep. And the only way to go quite deep is if you <laughs> sit around on the couch uh, the next day, right? If you're going to be this type of person who does 
a six hour just you know workout that would make us all super impressed that has to be balanced you know in the name of consistency because if it's not if you come back and try and do another sweet spot workout on monday after your big sunday ride like you know it's all gonna (laughs) you know it's gonna be moderate number one you're not gonna hit the intensity and then you're also we know how that story ends long term you might be just a beast of a human and it takes a year for that story to end but the story (laughs) we know how the story ends yeah all right, I love it. So I think that that pretty much wraps up consistency. I was just going to say, if any... someone was looking for, you know, we're talking about a lot of these training concepts. Um, if someone was looking for a book, I do love Dan Cleather's been on the podcast. He has a book called uh, The Little Black Book of Training Wisdom, if I'm not mistaken. We'll link to it. But I think if you go Dan Cleather with a C, uh, great little. It's not. A, it's a. It's the little black book. Uh, it's not a big book, but it's general. I like it because it's general. We're consummate athletes, so we we think about sports theory generally uh but he has a lot of good you know one of our tenants is is basically taken from him around intensity uh he's very big on consistency so it does really echo a lot of the things that i believe Uh, i always say it's sort of the book i I wish i wrote but he already wrote it for me uh so if you're you know curious about that but his big thing is you, you don't do things that affect consistency so like if you're gonna if you're debating you know throwing in an extra ride or an extra set of intervals or an extra whatever like you just the the, like every decision should be made with that in mind like how will this affect me in a week i like that okay so how will this affect me in a week on to the next and actually this is this is very similar i think um so this person says i understand tss and that you can't increase hours forever obviously we only have so many hours free hours in a day but how does a time crunched master get faster and this is a great question faster master the the big the big question the Mm -hmm. only question really i get this a lot and I, i get it um so so one concept that might not be apparent i don't know that we even covered it but i sometimes put this you know so we want to keep increasing our our threshold so every master knows their threshold they either do it with a zwift ramp test or they do it with the you know good old 20 minute test can i just say i got to interview andy kogan last week for an article for bicycling magazine and we got to talk about FTP. So if you don't know, Andy Kogan's sort of You're one of... You're probably using Andy Kogan zones if you use training peaks. If you yeah. use... Yeah, if you use power, you are probably training within Kogan zones. And see, so he, he basically I mean, let's came just up back up, like also even just TSS and uh, that's true, yeah. performance manager chart and all this stuff. WKO, yeah. all that stuff. That's him. And oh my gosh, getting to talk to him about FTP testing and, you know, getting to talk about how many people love lying on their FTP test. And this is me as well. But I think... It's just worth pointing out because I thought this was like maybe one of the most interesting parts is if you're like, it's so easy to want to round up on our FTP test or say like, oh, for me, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it was 195, but that's basically 210. I mean, I I know I could have gone a little harder if I wanted to. So I'm going to say it's 210. Problem with that is it actually messes up all of your other zones because everything is based on that threshold number. Or levels. Yeah. So, and also TSS is based on that. So that's exactly where I was going. So you can lie, I guess, but like the numbers are the numbers. And, and so the point of all of this is your TSS, how many points you get is based on your threshold. So if you want your threshold to be higher, it means your TSS is lower. And so sometimes when I say this to athletes, their like eyes like get really wide. No! You know, you can see their head exploding because they want the higher threshold, but they also want the higher TSS, right? So hopefully that makes sense. If your threshold's 200 watts, 
you know, and and you used to ride it, you know, it used to be set at 180, but then you're doing the same ride, you know, at the same intensity, you know, the same wattage, I should say, uh, that's going to be worth less points. Hopefully that example is sort of oh, weird. That but, really hurts. Right. But if you kept your endurance, you know, you go out and ride with your friend on the same route, it takes the same amount of time as last week, but you increased your threshold. It means that the, the training stress of that ride has just decreased. So now your fitness score over the course of the next six weeks will decrease if you don't change the rest of your training. And this is whether like whether you've actually increased your threshold or if you've just artificially... I'm only talking about the setting. Again, I do asterisk setting for for people because that's how we should think about this this threshold i think and for a lot of people it's a more healthy way versus thinking of it as like my ego mm. uh this is a setting in your because you're probably training inside if you're really into this and, and so setting this is the intensity setting you know the difficulty it's the spin bike knob on the bike so all that to say that the big paradigm that i want you to understand is if your threshold setting is is higher then the TSS will probably be lower because you're going to keep doing the same rides. And so you're going to say, no, I'll do all my rides harder. Possibly. But the, the catch and how you get fitter as a, a, a master's, but we should remind me to go on to like the other elements of fitness and training here. But the, the, the way is your body starts adapting to these new zones. You're not going to immediately ride at the top of the zone, even though you're probably the type of person who wants to ride at the top of the zone. Now your zones... If you're, you're lying about your threshold, you're probably riding at the top of your level. Right. So your your level, as you're now on Andy Kogan's system... I am on Andy Kogan's uh, system. It's moved up. So now you spend the next bunch of weeks and months and years adapting to that new level and so your tss yes will drop your fitness score probably will drop but then over the next weeks and months you're going to find that you know so i just did my an endurance ride on the trainer yesterday when before we went away i was doing my you know endurance say at 220 you know would be like a, a, a zone two for me say right hopefully this makes sense an endurance ride steady endurance ride but you're on the trainer so what else are you doing back yesterday this is actually i haven't been i'm excited about this actually like it was up like 250 260 so steady zone two like i'm working but endurance ride under you know that in, the heart rate however you're going to cap it feeling is good conversational but you know wattage is up but it still took me 90 minutes and was still endurance so i don't know if that that's an example maybe that makes sense where what's happening is in the same time with the same workouts you're putting more load onto your muscles more load on you know you're doing more work in that time uh and hopefully without forcing it right again this is you know again i've been training for 20 years right we i just put in a big block of endurance training uh so now hopefully you're seeing endurance adaptations you know body coming around here so uh, I don't know if that helps. That That's sort of from a wattage standpoint, that's the idea is that like as these other thresholds and, and fitness abilities increase, your body gets used to that, those loads. Okay. But how does the time crunch master get faster? So so I think that's the answer is you keep showing up and you keep having those, just the amount of power you're putting out. Like, so again, if, if maybe calories or kilojoules is a way. So I put out, I don't know what it was, 1400 kilojoules or something like that over, I think it was how long was I riding? Like, it was only like 90 minutes or something like that. A lot of kilojoules, really, for the time, right? Like, that's almost what my mountain bike race, I, I would think, is, is around, right? Um, and, and so you start putting out more, your work capacity is higher. So I think that's, you know, maybe even a framework to think about is like the fitter you get, the more work you're doing, even in the same unit of time. The other pieces that I see, you know, that 
aren't getting used as much as, you know, things like cadence. So you might start and your cadence might only be at a certain cadence, but maybe that range of cadences increases. Maybe you start doing, if this is an indoor workout, you could start doing it on rollers a little bit more. So then there's a balance aspect to it, but you do the same work. It's a little more challenging because now your body actually has to, to ride a bicycle instead of just sitting there pedaling uh, with no balance, uh, no attention paid. So I would say that's another element as, as far as fitness. And then we have all these other elements of fitness for the task. And that's, you know, we always bring this back. It's not, not fitness score just in terms of your TSS points and your power, but thinking about I'm a mountain biker. Have I done a standing start in the last eight months? You know, probably the answer is no. Uh, again, cadence important up and down group riding skills, very important, you know, mountain biking, gravel, cyclocross, certainly there's a huge skill element. So how do you get fitter for the task? Well, you know, once you can't do a the more pedaling on your bicycle, more training. It's all these other things that maybe you can do while you're playing on the bikes with your kids or, um, yeah, just skills, uh, equipment would be the other one, right? Like, you know, Kush core has been a good one dropper post, you know, have you got these things on your bicycle yet? Are you playing the game? Do you, are, you know, with the appropriate equipment, uh, that would be the other way to get fitter for the task. What else am I missing? I guess nutritional, you know, investing time into getting uh, not not a kooky internet diet, but working with a nutritionist for your body, for your age, for your goals. Uh, you know, this is something I see with a lot of masters where they're still eating like they're 16 or, or they're trying to diet down, you know, to no end. And they're now at 1200 calories. Again, I, I burnt 1400 kilojoules in my workout and then I'll start working with people and they're trying to, you know, these are even, you know, larger men, even, you know, 1600 calories in the day and they're not you know i don't want to confuse these terms but you know their work capacity can't be big so they're you know becoming you know the metabolism the the work capacity is shutting down so i'm not you know i'm just a bike coach but i would say those people are, are you know go talk to a nutritionist if you have cycling goals and you want to get fitter for a bicycle race uh that would be the other aspect and i guess uh mental these are dan john calls all these owls so find all the words that end in owl uh what mental psychological yeah. <laughs> uh these are you know sports psychologists maybe you've never done any sort of therapy uh let alone you know sports psychology where you might do like a focus refocus positive self-talk a lot of the masters i work with we're used to beating ourselves up pretty good right and and the the power of you know giving yourself a pat on the back and and refocusing and, and saying you know keep it going keep it going keep it going and I think so much of this is a very moving target, especially as we get older. I mean, nutritional in particular, sure. I think, is is one of the things, that, you know, every couple of years you're going to need to kind of recheck in on that. Like what worked for me five years ago is not working for me now. Um, and I mean, same with, with mental. You might now have a totally different set of hurdles. Like if you're listening to this and you're like, I did work with a sports psychologist like 10 years well, ago. Maybe, yeah, maybe you were like a elite junior then. Yeah, exactly. And, and now you have kids and you're dealing with this five to eight hours thing and, and you're, you know, same as I always say that I, you know, I want to train 18 hours, but I have about 12 if I'm lucky, you know, most weeks maybe. Uh, and, and it's, it's tough, right? You, we have these like thresholds and these numbers in our head that are, you know, these are, this is a good week and this is a bad week. And, and, you know, there's, that's worth exploring. Mm -hmm. So yes, just remembering that everything in that, you know, as we're getting older, everything's going to be a moving target. Our fitness is going to be a moving target, all that fun stuff. And, and I do like, again, the hours, the TSS, like these are, are nice. We talked about them being models, but Again, I, I have seen, we talked about, I think, Mike Garrigan winning Paris to Ancaster, our, our good friend, you know, probably did it. We haven't confirmed this, but I, I think, you know, probably was under 10 hours. Like, and that man is, is fit. He's got a lot of genetic and experience behind him. So there's that. 
but there's also like what's the important piece in the races you know knowing how the game works having the equipment knowing the course you know winning the start we always joke about mike and his start um you know these there's elements in there that aren't related to how much you pedal a bicycle right And, and sometimes i think we have like these little buckets and because we sort of think we understand wattage and it's so controlled and measurable like 200 200 200 watts every day 200 watts but we're missing the fact that that doesn't like that doesn't mean anything for a race yes exactly right like i mean i shouldn't say it doesn't mean anything but it's such a small component of of most races right maybe a zwift race maybe that matters i guess but you know in, in the bicycle outside world uh, you know, there's a lot of other elements and, and I think your experience is a big piece, especially for a lot of the people who are listening to this, you know, we're talking about big endurance races that, you know, aren't, you know, that are, are more experience oriented, right? Nutrition oriented, uh, gear oriented. And even the guy who pretty much invented power agrees with that, by the way. Yeah. That was also something like Andy and I talked about last week and he's he's on board with the the skills and all that stuff and we've been talking about you can't just train indoors and expect it to translate to outside even if it is like the perfect uh you know TSS and power zone and this mm-hmm. this this mm-hmm. and power level. And I think it's all good. I think it's all good. But I, I do think that there's a the hours are worth tracking on their own. So we talked about putting the TSS together is a little risky because that's intensity plus volume. You don't really get a sense of how someone's making that up. Uh, so I do think you know if, if, if this all just seems too complicated and, and you know you're not collecting power, uh, I would say focus on hours and then focusing on your your workouts. Like, are they getting better? You know, are you increasing the time or the intensity or whatever it is going further up the the local hill or the time trial loop? Um, and then where else was I going with that? Uh, I think we were just going to kind of actually get to the next question or the last question here, talking about strength training in relation to both endurance training and TSS, because I think that's, that's really part and parcel of this question. We haven't even mentioned strength. Yeah. So if we're talking about TSS, we, we do kind of, we alluded to it last time we talked about TSS, but strength training gets a little confusing. It really kind of throws TSS into a bit of confusion here. So So the question uh, is how should one think about the cardiovascular impact of strength training and strength training in general in relation to endurance training? Does one just think of strength training in a separate bucket and not consider the cardiovascular impact of these sessions throughout a training year slash just how do we account for strength training within TSS? So I have there's like government recommendations I want to touch on. And then there's sort of this overall, like the theory of, of, of the TSS and so forth. Uh, and then I can also talk about how I would, would do this personally as a coach and, and as an athlete. Um, so if you have any question about really bicycle training, I would go to Joe Friel, like, Oh, Joe Friel. And then, you know, strength training and TSS. And he usually has, he has quite an extensive, like he blogged a lot for probably 20 years. Uh, and still has blogs, I should say, but like, you know, you slowed down like the rest of us, no one's blogging as much anymore. Whoa, whoa, you know, whoa. You're writing articles on a website. That's different. Uh, so yeah, so Joe actually has some decent ones. I don't know that I always like, if I would do it exactly the same, but again, you have to like bow to Joe Friel on some of this. He did write the books on, on this. Literally wrote the book. So Joe's way to do this, if I, I don't want to misrepresent, but I'll try and, and replicate, you know, what, it, what I understand it to be. Uh, he suggests, you know, say for triathletes having a separate performance manager chart, so a separate TSS chart, if you like, uh, for each of the triathlon sports. 
and, and so he suggests you could use a combined one where all the workouts are together to measure fatigue. So this is that seven day average we talked about or, or ATL, the acute training load. He suggested you could have a four. So this is already most people, this is too complicated and, and your data is probably not good enough to make this work. Can you imagine back in like 1995? <laughs> drawing like, with the graph with crayon. You were writing, you were, yeah, drawing it with pen and then you were mailing it or faxing to Joe it Friel. back to Joe So I, I don't think probably TSS was being used at that. This is newer stuff than the fax machine a little bit, uh, but probably. Uh, anyhow, so... Yeah, so that's if you wanted to get really kooky on this. And so he said his strength training thing is you could add a set, a, 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 what's the fourth one? Not tertiary, whatever is tertiary, quatrary. Uh, <laughs> a fourth chart. Yeah, a fourth chart to track your fitness. This is the six week rolling average of the load, remember? So it's like all the thing. So you could do that. I, I don't. I think that's too complicated and, and especially once we get into like how you actually put the TSS to a strength training workout. So I would say that's the Joe Friel. If, you, if you're curious about this, you can look that up. Joe Friel, I'm TSS, just picturing one of these training. like memes where we have like the dry erase board of just all of like the squiggles <laughs> and equations right, on right. it. So hopefully that makes sense is that your fitness for the task in TSS world is, is specific. Like if, if you're a swimmer and you do a lot of swimming, you probably aren't up as good at biking so for triathlon this is the the the, the struggle right is, is how do you know how good you are at that sport and so that would let you figure out last year i did this much tss or this many hours if you want to simplify it in swimming in biking in running by having four separate charts basically so i think that makes sense in principle most of our listeners are, are probably not that into multiple sports we have a few triathletes and adventure racers but you know probably they're more interested in just their their training hours but i do like that framework of like each sport is a different sport and when you're thinking about your fitness you probably could divide them out uh specific to the question of strength training uh joe friel has a fairly complicated way of looking at the amount of weight you lift uh and then there are a couple ways to uh, combine that in with either your RPE for the session, like how hard was that session out of 10 uh, and or with TSS. Again, I think uh, my eyes always roll a little bit when we start calculating load out of uh, a strength workout. And what my thing is like, it just takes so much time that most people aren't going to do it. Some of the apps now try and do it automatically and say, you know, you lifted like 7,000 pounds uh, in your workout. So if you did three sets of 10 of, you know, 10 pounds, you know, that would be three times 10 times 10, right? It's like 300, I guess. Is that, was that three, 3,000 or something? Uh, so that's how that would work. And you do it for every exercise and then you get a total number. So all that to say, I think probably the answer here is that you want to track, are you lifting more weight in your strength training? Are you getting, you know, better at strength training, more reps, whatever it is, right? Because that's going to increase the load of the strength. And I would just keep that separate. You know, this is your performance in strength training. Um, and then you could track the time for strength training is what I would often do. I don't generally put TSS in. Now, some clients do, and that's fine. No one change what you're doing. Uh, again, I think that the name here is consistency and, and just doing it consistently. What some clients will do, and I think this is an okay workaround, is they'll record heart rate during the session, it's not going to be impressive or very high at all. Well, actually, so this this question mentioned though that sometimes they are like busting up into. Right. So this is grayer. So we'll get there in a second. Okay. So 
it's probably not going to be high. And what it usually ends up being is like a very recovery workout TSS. So like you get, if you work out for an hour, maybe it's going to be like 20 or 30 TSS. And, and probably that's what we always sort of did when we, when we did do that way back. And and it's just, it's such a drop in the bucket for most cyclists. Like, I think it's just fine. Just it's also it. a little misleading to some extent. Well, so that's it. Like it's never going to capture this. is, And I think the same thing, you could make a good argument around strength training or sorry, sprint training on your bicycle if you did 10 vicious 10 second sprints in an hour workout like it it would sort of account for it like in the tss in the rolling average that's used but the effect of that especially if you're a sprinter type person you can often just like really like it's like if you're a deadlifting person you could probably be messed up for like a week off of something that doesn't seem like a lot on paper because the effect of that intensity that effort is so so vicious right like versus you know a three-hour endurance ride you know 10 set sorry 10 sprints if done aggressively maybe you're against a someone too like maybe there's a bit of play with this yeah like that that could not be represented in the data so this is again where we just have to be a little careful with it and i think you continue with the model just knowing that if you're going through a vicious sprint phase uh you know, you might have to just be careful with the recovery after that, right? And this is where the training prescription, you take a light day, maybe we do a, a lower intensity the next day, and then you take an off day, this is high, low off, I really like it. That would probably account for that fatigue and, and keep you from overtraining, even though the model isn't necessarily showing you that you're going to be really fit for endurance training uh, because of the vicious sprints. And this all kind of comes back to even question number one around like, what is consistency and should TSS say the same? It's just the TSS is just not going to be the be all end all Mm -hmm. of what good training is. We talked about like, it's not a target. This is what do we call that? Uh, What is that guy's name? There's a (laughs) law. Goodhart. Goodhart's law is is when the, uh, when, when a a metric, a measure becomes the target, it ceases to be useful. Ah, DW's pants, I think is the law you're referring to. This is also like DW's pants, right? Once, you know, he wants to spend time with his family and smell his family. And then he found out that the pants smell like his family. And now he like is in the corner with his pants, but he's not spending time with his family, which was the original goal. So if you think about the, the spending time with your family, uh, as the bicycle race, and then the pants are like, you know, chasing TSS on your indoor trainer in a dark dungeon. Uh, that would be the thing, right? It looks like bicycle racing. It smells like bicycle racing, but it's not quite the bicycle. It's not as rich in experience. So all that to say that the measure becomes the target. So with TSS, it's just let it be a result. In six weeks, where is it? In six weeks, where is it? You know, is the fitness building? If your intent was a base phase, probably that that is building uh, via volume or more tempo and, and sweet spot time. Uh, if it's race season, we're probably seeing it level and, and decrease, right? That's the nature of recovering. So your form is, is good for the race day. Uh, did I get to everything? No, I don't think I did. Strength training. Uh, so you could measure it. I would I would suggest probably if you haven't started, just leave strength training out of it and track your performance and strength training separately. You mentioned the the trouble when, when we're to sort of getting into these fitnessy, I'm going to say fitnessy with quotes, uh, Boot camps, I was gonna say boot camp. cardio camps, metabolic training for our CrossFit friends. This is where it gets fuzzy. I would probably capture the, the, the heart rate data if I could, but this is where it gets a little fuzzy for sure. I, I'd also be talking to a coach if you do have like major goals in cycling because there's a good chance that the the metcon style of uh, yeah. of training is just not going to be right for you I, at certain points of the year. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd be so anything probably is good and works. 
you want to be careful. I just always get a little like if you're also doing bicycle training. So this is the, the why I start cringing is because this is when you start seeing. And then the next day I do my bicycle intervals and then I go back to CrossFit. And then I, the next day I do because I have to do two interval sessions a week. But I also do CrossFit, which is strength. Uh, this isn't picking on CrossFit. I'm just saying like if there's a metabolic element where you're, you know, uh, you know, cross-eyed and laying on the ground, heaving, you know, breathing or heaving, uh, maybe at the same time, it gets tricky because that looks a lot like a hard bicycle interval and a high intensity day. So now we're getting maybe four or five high intensity. And this is where we get into trouble. I, I think someone could probably be a great mountain biker and incorporate like even metabolic CrossFit, as you say, probably in a planned out, probably it looks more like a bicycle race as the bicycle race approaches. But I know lots of people, you know, who have done crossfit right through the season and that's just one of their intensity days and maybe they try and include a bicycle in it if they have that flexibility to have a trainer in the gym uh maybe they ride to the session maybe they use like the aerodyne machines or you know with the little handles where they go really hard so it sort of looks a bit like a bicycle um i think that stuff is great i think you just want to make sure that that's counted in the the thing and then at the end of it all the result we want to see how did you race when you were including like your tss was 100 that was the average for the last six weeks. How did you race when that training, the, the, the rich context that you're going to tell me about in the comments, you know, when we're, we're talking about it, how was that training? What was that athlete at 100 TSS per day? How were they made up? And if you did well, then that's good for you. That could be great. But we want to be careful uh, just how that training is made up. And this, again, is the important piece. It's not the TSS. It's, it's what is the actual quality uh, and I mean, like, what what did you do for training? I was going to say TSS is really no substitute for how did the race go? How are you feeling? <clears throat> yeah. And again, I, I, the mental training aspect of a lot of that CrossFit stuff is great. It's just making sure that you you plan it in. So to this question, you know, how do you train it in, uh, like a, a boot camp? You know, I, I think you want to make sure you're accounting for that. Uh, somehow, whether that's a uh, intensity, because it's it's probably less of a strength workout in that case. And you know, with cross training, when we back out, you know, strength training is essentially cross training. It, I always say, just put on a heart rate monitor. If it looks like it's you know a bicycle interval or a bicycle you know ride, you know, you're cross country skiing and your heart rate looks sort of like it's a a bicycle ride, you know, of some type, endurance or an interval session, then that we count that as cross training, right? And I think that can go into ultimately into the pool. Probably it's fine. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's all messy, so you have to figure out a way. But I think if we're basing off of heart rate, then I think that works pretty well. So all that to say, it depends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing I was going to say that I don't know that they meant, but definitely strength training has cardiovascular benefit. And we're starting to recognize this and see it in more of the government recommendations. So certainly a lot of my, my time-limited people uh, you know, the people who are frequency limited, maybe their TSS is under 30 per week as, you know, the six week average, their fitness score is under 30, uh, is, is a rough, very rough rule I use sometimes, but you know, they're training, like they struggle to get an hour a day on average, you know, they, they maybe even struggle to get, you know, our Canadian is 150 minutes of cardio and two strength oriented workouts per week. Um, not super long strength oriented, but just twice a week, are you lifting something? 
Uh, so these frequency oriented struggle to do these things. And I, I think in more and more we're seeing that actually, like if you had to choose strength training is probably the most bang for your buck because your heart is getting challenged. There is cardiovascular benefit just to even, you know, classic strength training, let alone any of these metabolic things as well. Uh, and again, it's, it's, there's no excuses about weather. you can do it in your living room. You can do, a, you know, you can be very quite varied. You can do it with people. You can do it solo. So I just wanted to say like, you know, if you're, if this is an and, or, and you're, one of these limited people that's where it gets tricky like would someone be better at bike riding if they substituted that if they only had you know three workouts a week or are these free does that bump our frequency person up where they actually are doing better because they do two strength workouts on their lunch hour and then they still get their three rides in per week they were already doing uh and that's been my experience is that usually strength can get sort of sprinkled in there and of course that's also the fit for life kind of thing too uh if you're skipping the strength training and only doing the like two rides a week if you are time limited you're also potentially now you're losing the strength that could save you when a kid jumps on your back or sure or just metabolic fitness like muscle is where you know they call it a carbohydrate sink so i mean i think when we think about strength training we're always only thinking about muscle but you know a muscle is very hard very very hard to build like impossible perhaps uh but the benefits are of strength training you know as you say like injuries uh you know you stand more upright you know does it affect your you know confidence does it you know it's easy to see progress yeah there's just so many benefits but yeah the metabolism is another one as we get older right we're all trying to shrink ourselves for some reason uh whereas if you were thinking about building muscle and getting stronger you'd probably find a lot of this weight metabolism you know waist hip ratio uh you know beer gut that sort of stuff uh improve mm-hmm Awesome. All right. Do you think that wraps up TSS? I'm sure we'll get like 18 more questions well, around that. And we welcome those, right? There's all these like little side shoot questions, uh, mm -hmm. offshoot questions. So yeah, you know, we welcome them. Those are all great ones. You know, the how do you do strength training, the consistency of it all. Uh, and what was our third one today? Uh, just increase it or if you can increase oh, how hours, do you get yeah. better yeah yeah and that's you know i hope you get to that point where you've trained for 12 weeks and now you're wondering what to do you don't have any more time uh and and you know i think that is you know specificity i think you've done your base and now it's <laughs> probably specificity is the answer perfect all right well if you have any more questions hit us up you can find us over on instagram at consummate athlete or consummateathlete.com we have a contact form yeah any and all questions are more than welcome we are always happy to uh to indulge them and if you haven't already do us a favor head over to wherever you're listening to this rate review subscribe it is super 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 helpful we appreciate you and have an amazing week of training thanks so much for tuning into the consummate athlete podcast if you want to hear more training, racing, and endurance sport advice, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox.